everyone. Welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. My name is Jet Tattersall and it is so lovely to be with you again. Before we start today's show, a reminder that issue 11 of Women in Pop magazine is due to appear very, very soon. It is a cracker of an issue. I recommend getting in early and get your copy before everyone else. You can subscribe at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Stay tuned to our social media channels. Just search Women in Pop to find out the incredible artists that feature in issue 11. Now, you may remember our guest from her first appearance on the podcast back at the very beginning of 2020, when the world was a bit of a different place, and her brilliance has only grown in the past two years. She is a producer who has a knack for creating pop music which borders on sheer genius, and she is regularly cited by artists we speak to as one of their major inspirations. She has worked with Babel, Georgia Smith, Broods, Iconopop, and many, many more. Today, she releases her brand new EP, Blossom, flying the flag for Australian female producers. Listen carefully and you will hear that glass ceiling absolutely shattering. It is, of course, the wonderful Keto Keto. Hello and welcome back to Women in Pop. Hi, thank you. Good to <laughs> again. Good to be here again. Um, happy release day. Oh my thank God. You. Blossom is out pouring through speakers, earbuds, and sung courtesy of myself, very badly in the car. Um, <laughs> how are you rolling with this incredible candy bow treat into our ears? Oh, it feels so nice to have a body of work out now. And just, um, it's almost like closing a chapter of the last couple of years of working on music as well. And like, yeah, just feel, it feels nice to be putting it out now when things are opening up a bit too. Beautiful. And I love that pun that we're just using because it's called Blossom and things are opening up again. So yeah. <laughs> um, can I ask you before I start playing tracks, how did you go about collating this lot? And I guess what was your what was your core for the EP as a whole, sentimentally wise? It's funny because like, I didn't really think about this when I called the EP Blossom, but it really does feel like a collection of songs, like a, like a bouquet of, you know, picking these different songs and arranging them together because I didn't really write the songs thinking about them for an EP. It just sort of got to that point where we were like, let's do an EP and then, and what makes sense for it and what's missing. And so it was like arranging these, these different little songs, I guess, but yeah, it's not, it's definitely a, I, I don't know if it, like, it's nice when people say it sounds cohesive to them, because I think the way I hear my music, I'm always like, oh my God, it's all over the place. <laughs> I like so many different things. So <laughs> I tend to jump around and especially the last couple of years when, you know, we haven't really been performing. So I'm it's sort of been a nice time to experiment with different sounds as well when I'm not strictly thinking about songs for playing, you know, out. So you're also thinking not just the club floors, you're like, I'm thinking of the car drives and I'm thinking of the kitchens and I'm thinking of the mixtapes. Yeah, definitely. And and it's also reflect a reflection of how I'm listening to music at the moment, which is often in all of those spaces and um yeah it's it was definitely like a a bit of a experimentation with all these songs gorgeous now i want to play later single release skin and bones with the purrs of songstress winona oaks i'm just going to play that now this is what you wanted. Maybe not 
beautiful. And you just spoke or mentioned the headspace you were in and what you were listening to. Can you talk me through the creation of this one? This song is like, I just have such a good feeling about this song just because I wrote it with a really good friend of mine, Sarah Ahrens, who is also Australian and amazing songwriter that lives in LA. And we were living together during the pandemic um, because, you know, we don't have a family here and we were <laughs> finding ways to make the pandemic fun. And, and we wrote this song together and it just felt so special. And yeah, Sarah's voice is so good. So it's always like a little struggle figuring out who can sing a song she wrote just because she already sounds so good. But Winona, I, I sent the song to Winona's A&R just because he's, you know, working, works with so many great artists and he had the idea of getting Winona to hear it and see if she liked it. And her voice is so incredible that it just sort of came together so naturally and she came over and yeah, tried it. We were like, let's just give it a go. And she, yeah, she smashed it. Smashed it out the park with a glorious accompanying video as well. I remember um, one of the greatest things you said when we spoke last year, that one of your favorite things about being a producer is the constant interchangeability of bands. It's like you get to join new bands every time. How does that fare when you're creating a body of work such as this EP? Oh, it completely. I still feel like that, like this, an EP for sure. It's working with so many different artists and I guess it's almost like inviting everyone to a party that I've thrown <laughs> and, you know, bringing them into my world a little bit. And, and it's the fun thing about doing features for artists, I think, is, is sort of like um, stepping out of their sound a little bit and having a bit more freedom to try something different because it doesn't have to be as, it doesn't have to tie in with their project as much. So it's, yeah, it's like a perfect meeting in the middle collaboration with all these different artists and seeing if I can get them to try something different with me. And yeah, it's been so fun. Uh, I think I said to you before, oh, I always say how much I love collaborating and how much I learn from collaborating. It's my favorite thing. Gorgeous. Now you have collaborated with some momentously incredible people. I guess I wanted to know what, what is your, not secret, what is your what is the methodology behind crafting such amazing beats, but joining forces so um, so sympathetically with these very talented people? Because what I love about your music is you can just hear you so very clearly, but at the same time, you can hear that that singer or that performer so very clearly. And I, and I imagine it's it's such a delicate line to walk particularly when you're collating your body of work with other people's arrangements so how do you go about that if you if you can put it into words yeah I don't actually think there's any like special formula or trick to it because I think collaborating is always like figuring out your strengths and and balancing both ideas and um but I think it always, I mean, working with people in music and writing songs is such a personal thing. I think it's pretty hard to write a good song if you don't like get along with the person or feel comfortable around them. So it's like most sessions usually start with just talking, which is so fun. It's like this big catch up and figuring out, you know, what, what we're excited about at the time or what's going on in our lives and what we feel like making and 
often I'll write the song first and then go away and sort of work on the production and figure out how to put my stamp on it. And I kind of have this rule with when it's my song, when it's a song for my project, um, that there has to be some kind of hook in the instrumental so that, you know, that part of it feels like as much as it's supporting the vocal and the song, there's like something in there that's like hooky in the instrumental. Gorgeous. And I, you mentioned earlier, obviously you're, um, you know, you're Australian girl based in LA producing your stuff. And I just want to know when you first made the move over there, did you feel, I mean, was it, was it a liberation more than trepidation with regards to being, you know, from the small pond to the much bigger one? Or were you just like, I'm going to, I'm going to own this. I'm going to make this my thing. I think I felt really like welcomed here and, and having some, having some slightly different perspective, having lived in London and worked on music and, and coming from a a small town in Australia, like it's, I think there's so many talented people in LA and so many people that have studied music and that are, you know, extremely skilled and um, that you kind of have to bring something a little different and whether that's, doesn't necessarily mean it has to be something from far away, but like, you know, lean into your strengths and, and whatever might make you, I don't know, offer something unique because otherwise you are just sort of competing with, like, I think when I first moved here, I was like trying to just like, I don't know, be as good as all the pop producers I was working with. And then it was like, well, I, I haven't been doing this my whole life. Like I need to figure out what I can offer that's of use and and what people you know people might be interested in and it is like that's why collaborating so great and that's why LA is such a fun place to make music because there's people from all over the place doing different things and yeah you can kind of like tick every box in a room I like that that's a great life lesson in there as well um speaking of I want to play steal my clothes which is also on blossom with vocals by B Miller steal my clothes you say to be in fate was over i did you were low and i was dumb i guess it's perfect timing you don't love me you just steal my clothes live in my house cause i can't say no let you in now you're way too close but i don't know i can let you go you don't love me you just drink my booze with all your friends and trash my room but when we fuck shit it feels like love feels like love and it's so messed up yeah That's a beautiful song. And again, an equally beautiful video you've created there. Can you talk me through the song? Because then I want to get into the little um, altruism that follows the song. Yeah, definitely. This one I wrote um, in Mammoth in California at a writing camp at the beginning of the year, which was definitely uh, such a fun week. It was, and, and Mammoth's like, in, uh, in winter is like snowy and we were in this little cabin um, and the people that I was writing it with are just the most fun like songwriters that I really look up to and I think the humor always like we have so much fun when we're writing music that I think it always comes through in the songs <laughs> which is why there's so many lyrics that are just so like tongue-in-cheek and just yeah that it's just such a playful song um, and be was just the perfect artist to get involved in it she loved it and 
Um, we, you know, changed a few lyrics or she changed a few lyrics to make it more hers. And she also came to the studio the day that we recorded it, having had a really late night the night before. And she was like, I'm so sorry, my voice is like croaky. And, but it was kind of perfect just because it, we recorded her and I was like, this is, your voice sounds incredible. Like the huskiness and <laughs> just, just paired with the, the lyrics. And I don't know, it was just perfect. She sounds so good on it. It really goes hand in hand with the sentiment of the song as well. Um, are you able to yeah. talk us through, cause I know that um, Still My Clothes doubles as a charity initiative um, with Give a Box. Can you talk me through that? Yeah, it was like, I guess B and I sent this little thing out, just stealing clothes. <laughs> Everyone's got those, you know, clothes in, in the back of your closet that you haven't put on in probably over a year. I had so many. Um, so yeah, it was just an initiative to get people or encouraging people to donate clothes that they were not doing anything <laughs> with that were just sitting there. And um yeah, I don't know. It was a fun part of the campaign and something nice to do. I think it's been quite good this last year, bringing the best out of everyone, you know, going through something as a worldwide, um, yeah, universal experience. I mean, obviously to varying degrees, some people struggled a lot more than others, but it kind of does make you rethink, you know, everything you're doing. And we get to do this incredibly fun job and make music, which is sometimes a very selfish job in many ways because it's um maybe not selfish but but it I don't know in the last year I've I've sort of had this want a need and so many other people that I work with have the same thing of just like you know how can we do things that are more meaningful how can we like you know like make our our job count in different ways rather than just like this is such a fun job we're so lucky we get to write songs <laughs> I think you're right but I and, and everyone goes through it whether it was COVID or with the fires that happened in Australia and you're like oh I should be on the front line in a boiler suit and you're like but dang it no I just no we'll make a song we'll make a song and we'll do charity the best yeah, thing you can be yeah. is be yourself sure. and give from that so I think that one's beautiful that you did there with steal my clothes on that I wanted to know what do you feel I mean as much as it was never the case years ago artists such as yourselves are basically you know your role models you're someone that has a big presence that as you know your fans but also um, new fans or a generation will look up to for advice and not just advice I guess for a bit of a beacon of direction and and whether you're saying that ah oh, yes but I'm a creator what you choose to do with that has a knock-on effect and I just wanted to know how do you feel about your platform as an artist to promote change in society politically or is it just through you know with kindness or acceptance I think sometimes there's this like um, responsibility that we feel a bit like, I mean, even just as a female identifying human that, you know, like doing this. And, and I think the thing that's inspired me the most is just seeing other examples of people winning in a space that I haven't seen people win in. And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming to feel like there's this extra responsibility to, you know, run the flag and whatever like 
do as many charitable things as possible and and do female riding camps and but I think like I mean I'm still figuring my career out and and sometimes I'm like hmm the guys don't have to do this (laughs) you know like so and I think I honestly think that's helped me the most is like seeing examples of women doing things that maybe I hadn't seen as when I was younger so therefore I didn't pursue it because I didn't think it would be possible and so I think it's of course lifting up people as much as you can but not giving not putting that burden on yourself too much to absolutely do every possible thing because it's you know we're still trying to just like have a career out here and and build that and find something stable and I think people forget sometimes you know that that like I'm still doing that. And I know a lot of my friends are, we're still, you know, working to get to a place where we feel like we've, yeah, built something stable. And as much as I want to support and lift other people up, I don't don't know. I I hope that that doesn't sound like I'm not wanting to (laughs) lift other women up as I'm saying it, but I do feel like we can't do everything. And I've had this conversation with a lot of my girlfriends that feel that sort of extra added responsibility. And it's like, it's fine. We're already like doing this is enough. Being an example is enough. I think. I absolutely agree. Being an example is enough. And um, it's, it's a very hard, it's a very hard line to walk, particularly politically, because you have to know a lot when you're going to, as a public figure, make a public opinion, um, because of course you're going to be strung up if you do and strung up if you don't. So I think you've got the right idea. Just lead by passion and example. I think that's yeah, the best foot forward. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and it's also all I can really handle. <laughs> it's such a time-consuming career. It's such a competitive career and it takes a lot from you. And I think we do put so much pressure on ourselves to do so many things. And sometimes you just have to like go, well, this is my capacity. Like this is all I can possibly do <laughs> anymore. And I'm going to, you know, I need like a Sunday to, to whatever recalibrate before the week starts. <laughs> but that's an incredible life lesson. And I, I really um, appreciate you saying that because I think we Um, as a society in general have this thing where we don't have off days and particularly with artists such as yourself when you're you know you are your own business you feel like you have to show up 150 percent every single day so to be able to go you know what I just need to time off I think that's really important and it's really important to share because um, I think there's that connotation that we're failures if we take time out. I know. I think it's a really damaging part of, you know, our culture, but also especially um, music or entertainment. Like we, we, it's so competitive. And I think we do have, like, I have this guilt sometimes when I take a day off. It's I'm getting better at it because I know that I'm, you know, very entitled to have time off and, and that I will like, you know, burn myself out if I don't like take take days off. And and you, you're never going to do your best work when you're just like overworked and, and putting all this pressure on yourself. Like you need to be able to um, recharge and come at things, you know, with with lots of energy. And yeah, especially I think anyone that's self-employed, actually, we definitely tend to like have this, idea that you're only doing it right if you're like working non-stop which I think is crap 
It's true. You work so hard to be a freelancer and be in control of your own work, but then you never give yourself a holiday or a day off because yeah. you know, it, might, it might go away. If I stop today, it will exactly. all go away. This might be my last job. Yeah. <laughs> and on that, I just wanted to know, I mean, you have been working with these incredible people and you've always had these beautiful collaborations. And I imagine because of your body of work, you are just bombarded with collaboration requests. And I wanted to know, how does one go about joining forces with another creative such as you, yourself? Like, is there like a Bumble site or is it like speed dating? <laughs> like, how, oh, does that, how does that dance work between <laughs> the performer and the producer? Probably not very well, not very well. <laughs> I mean, it is such a time consuming thing. Like it's definitely like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out better ways to balance my life, but it it's also such a big part of my life and such a big passion and I love making music so much. So it's it's hard, definitely hard to completely, um, yeah, like separate it or with personal life. It's often, often the people I connect with have some, something, you know, passionate about like whether it's music or art or some, something creative. It's just creative people, but this is how, is this how you connect with other artists to perform together? Like, that's what I mean. Like, just, is it like a, is it a dating site? Is it Instagram? Is it like seeing each other at a party and going, hey, I like your guitar. Oh yeah, I'm a producer. Like, is that how you get songs together? <laughs> Collaborate with people. I think it's such a combination. I mean, sessions, sessions is like speed dating. You're just like finding the people that you want to collaborate with by trying working with different people all the time and then you know sometimes sometimes it is literally Instagram or something you know like I have I have reached out to artists I've wanted to work with on Instagram and then and vice versa I had people reach out to me and which is kind of amazing that you can just directly reach out to someone sometimes you won't see see the message or they won't and you know but like yeah it's especially when you're working a lot with people it's like work with one person oh you you should work with this person. Let me connect you. You know, it's, it's sort a nice of like little food web. I like that. Yeah, it is. And lastly, Kito, I mean, we have Blossom and we're all dancing to it. And I'm definitely feeling the shift also in your listening. It's such a beautiful, beautiful EP. Um, what is coming up for you? Well, I'm trying to figure out how I can come home and do some shows next year, which will be really fun. Um, but yeah, I've just been working on other music. It's like the classic thing when you tie up one project, you can't help but get excited about the new stuff, you know, because that's the music that you were working on for a long period of time. So I've been enjoying working with more people. It's also very freeing having tied up that project. And now I'm kind of like, okay, like what's next and, and working with some new people and um, yeah, but I've definitely enjoyed working on these songs and it feels really nice to yeah present this little little project with a bunch of songs that I really love so yeah I'm just going to enjoy it for a bit <laughs> now that to dance to them all um Kito yeah. as always it has been an absolute joy to chat with you today thank you so much for joining us and thank listeners you. Kito's new EP Blossom is out now I've just played you a couple of tracks and available across all streaming platforms and retailers please give it a spin today it's amazing and do not forget, issue 11 of Women in Pop magazine is very close. Get your copy before everyone else by subscribing at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. And stay tuned to our social media channels, search Women in Pop to find out the artists we spoke to for this issue. 
we will be back again soon. But until then, thank you so much for listening from myself and Keto. Goodbye. Thank you.